2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network.
2: I got 50!
1: I got 54 days! Brought to you by Finning Canada. The parts you need
0: when you want them.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Real Life Podcast. Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick with you, and it's brought to you as always by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place, 1.4 million parts at your fingertips as uh, this week. Very special guest. It used to be like, uh, Strud's used to be his landlord uh, yeah. at one point. Yeah. Wow, well, we will have some good times of that. Former NHLer, and I will say right now, probably one of the best uh, self-deprecating uh, guys <laughs> on Twitter uh, with his... Uh, Constant tweets about the Kunitz trade. Uh, He's on his fourth Stanley Cup. I'm on my fourth (laughs) bottle of Merlot. I have to say, uh, Ryan Whitney, that one made me laugh out loud. Uh, Ryan Whitney joins us. Uh,
0: How are you, Wits? What's going on? Not much fellas, how are you i uh, I did get a kick out of that Kunitz now has as many cups as Wayne Gretzky, so that was that was just i, I couldn't I couldn't stop from sending that tweet that night. I was just like, this is, this is too ironic
2: <laughs> you know what you you've you had a great career you, you talk about that time with Pittsburgh like you know let's talk about Sid you know you, you told so many great stories about Sid and you look at that guy I mean, is it did you know that he'd be able to just keep going on and on because I, I think he's maybe playing his best hockey this last uh, two years.
0: Yeah, he's pretty much not not. I mean, at any point slowed down. I mean, the only scary thing for a while was the injuries, and it was similar with Bergeron. I remember it's like God. I just hope this guy can be okay again. And and, and luckily for the game, he has been. But I mean, it's just crazy to, to me for me to think it, it, it was so long ago I played with him at this point. Um, but it's for me, it still feels like yesterday, right? I mean, it was it was. He's had so many teammates, and he's played with so many guys, and. Whenever I get to chat with somebody who's played with him, you you always talk about um, what he does in practice. You're like, oh my god! I'm like the games were the games were fun, but he I wish people could see the stuff that he would do in <laughs> practice. So it's been no surprise to me to see see what he's done, and I just love watching him play. I know I'm biased. I always say it, uh, but to me, he's the best player in the world. So the fact that he's actually still somehow improving shows that. The, you really can never stop improving. All those young guys should just see him because he always gets better at something every summer.
2: What about Gino? Does he get the love he deserves? Because he's, you know, I don't want to say he's in in Sid's no, shadow.
1: No Not close. No chance. He doesn't oh, he get doesn't enough. Get
0: any, he doesn't get anything. He, that guy might be the most underrated superstar ever to play the game. I mean, if he wasn't on Crosby. He, he's if he wasn't on Crosby's team, it would be. Or if Crosby wasn't around, I mean, I think all you'd do is talk about him. But yet, yeah, he doesn't even go no to get noticed. And, He's constantly putting up over a point a game. He's never, ever, he plays his best hockey in the playoffs, which I think um, some people used to say Russians maybe weren't like that. He's the complete opposite. and he's Yeah, I mean, the fact that they have both of those guys, it changed their, their franchise forever, and, and he never will get as much love as he deserves. But I think he's probably okay with that. I mean, he makes close to $10 million a year, and he has a great life, and he probably gets to stay a little bit out of the limelight in, in a sense that he take care of most of the media stuff.
1: Yeah, he's got three Stanley Cups. He's won a few Art Ross. He's won a few Hart Trophies. Uh, he's going to Conn Smythe. And he's making more money than Sid. Yeah, I think he's doing all right. Uh, <laughs> he's doing
0: just, he's just yeah. doing just fine. I actually wish, though, I never... When I played with Gino, he didn't speak English. So uh, I, I really don't even... I feel like I don't even know him. I mean, I never really talked to him. Sergey Gonchar would kind of do his translating. But now I see interviews, and yeah. and, he, and he's, really, he's really good at English. So I, I guess the guys love him. No surprise there. Well,
1: he seems really funny. Like, you just look at his... Yeah. comment the other thing is I like about him is he's got a little bit of a snap show in him too like he's not afraid to go off on guys
0: no oh, no and he, he's like willing to fight I mean i I really it's bug, bugging me who did, he, he fought somebody this year uh who hit him dirty early in the year I can't remember who it was but he doesn't really care he's got that little anger streak in him and I think I, I think do agree that uh, having that makes him even a better player because you really don't know what to expect, and you're a little almost not afraid to play him hard. But you're like, all right, this guy might just baseball bat flash me in the wrist, so you got to be a little careful again.
1: Well, he fought Blake Wheeler after uh, he he crushed Wheeler Blake with Wheeler. kind of a dirty hit,
0: right? That's what it was. he hit Blake Wheeler, and then yeah. he stepped to the plate when Wheeler said, "Let's go." That's what it was. I I, I knew <laughs> it was a, a good player, and he, and and Malkin stepping up, so that's you got to respect that
2: but don't you know which you've been on a lot of teams and whether it's, you know, we don't need guys fighting all the time, but when a, when an elite player takes man to their own hands, what does it do to a bench?
0: It's the best. I mean, it's like, you, you're like, all right, well, that's like one of the few guys, if anyone touches him, somebody's got to do something. And then when he does something on his own, you're like, oh, this guy's the best teammate you could have because you know, parts of him, And a lot of guys, like I think it gets off and stuff. They're like, no, well, don't worry. I got myself. And yeah. that's what makes them so great I mean, you. you to play to play with somebody, you, you totally understand if somebody hits mouth and the three guys would jump him, and then he actually goes out and fights himself. He's the perfect example of like just a skill guy. And, and if you know, a skill guy who is not expected to fight has a fight and it's a good one, it's like the bench just goes wild. You get in the locker room <laughs> the guys are going nuts, and that's just one of the best parts of the game. That's why. People who say, like, fighting uh, needs to go, it'll never go because little things like that where um, it's not planned and it, it's not uh, premeditated, it just happens. It'll always be in the game and it'll always be a, a fun part of the game, in my opinion.
1: Well, the best stat that I have about Malkin, because he fought Suban in the playoffs this year, too, is he has two regular season NHL fights and 4 postseason.
0: NHL fights. So don't you know, don't it. when you got to get going. You yeah.
1: Like, don't, don't anybody fight. tell me fighting's down. You know what? The super all that happens is when the games matter more the superstars like he's fought, you know, a uh, Suban, he fought Travis Hamnick in the playoffs and you know, he's he's fought like obviously more skill guys, Patrice Bergeron and and him went at it. him and Henrik Zenerberg way back in uh, the the 2009 Stanley Cup finals went at it too. Now I'm not saying it was a great fight, but uh He's still, you hey, start the flippers.
0: The, it's, it's better than his, his Russian buddy, Semen. Remember, his oh, fight with Washington's Mark playing Stahl the on Mark Stahl.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, but if you're Mark Stahl, you're embarrassed about that. You're like, come on, <laughs> like a guy's slapping That's me around, ideal. literally slapping around. But you know what? You talk about the lead guys getting goals or, uh, you know, getting in fights. I always felt that way when you know the, the third and fourth liners and those six and seven D scored goals. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I was I always know, so we happy. Know by your celly. We know by your celly in the shootout. When you, you told me 15,000 times you scored to keep that one alive against the Capitals. Did you MFC. get a
2: minus? Was you get a minus? Oh, that was the overtime. I get them all mixed up. There's so many. I guess there's <laughs> no plus minuses on there. But I didn't bring it up that much, did I? I mean, every now and then I had to kind of say, hey, look at this. But every now and then. I, I, I think I, every
0: time, every snipe you had in practice, you're like, yep, I've seen some more. I knew it.
1: <laughs> now, now, Wits, uh, you've got into the uh, into the media side of things. Uh, of course, uh, you and the boys at uh, Spitting Chiclets have a very successful podcast going right now. You are on uh, on on the NHL Network, and you're on Sportsnet, and uh, you're on social media. And you, you've always you're never afraid to uh, to engage in uh, in verbal sparring at time. Have you calmed down, or have you? Do you have to put your phone down when you're on Twitter now and count to ten more often than you used to?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's good when when former players, you know, say their opinion. You now, granted, sometimes, you know, I'm completely wrong, as many people are, but it's just it's fun to get out there. But I, if anything's changed, it's like now on Twitter, you get. A bunch of people that it's always with me that'll just chirp you or say something, and I used to go back at most of them, and now I just read them and just laugh, and maybe once in a while, or maybe if I have a couple beers in me, I'll I'll go back at somebody. But it's almost like it's almost like when you drink, you should probably put your phone down and stay off Twitter, um, and and then just getting involved with people like that. And sometimes it's like this is a no win, uh, this is foolish, but. I, I, sometimes the people say things so stupid you're just like what what are you talking about but it's it, i just like i like it if anything getting my opinion out there and then getting in like fun discussions as opposed to when people are going at you
1: so what's what's the dumbest thing you think you've read recently on twitter
0: dumbest thing i think i read oh it wasn't even on twitter it was an article that somebody tweeted about before game four of the cup finals There's some some writer was writing about how it was to define Crosby and Malkin's legacy. I was like, what the hell? I think I tweeted how stupid this article Oh, I said it on our <laughs> Spit and Chickens podcast, how stupid this article was. But Twitter Daily is just it's it's like a cesspool sometimes it's really good for things are happening in the hockey world and, and and just basically like in the in for your news but then when you start getting people's opinions and anyone can write anything and it's just like oh my god this is this is you see some discussions where people get so vicious towards each other you're like all right this is the bad part of Twitter
2: no it's absolutely amazing i agree with you i mean some of it's really interesting but some of you're like man you're way out there and it's a good place to kind of get ideas um you know i i i I gotta ask you about something though you know you you we mentioned off the top which you did live in my house after my last year but again i'm not blaming you you know i just i my career is over and i went over to play in europe dominated in the second division I mean, they call it the Al And then um, you lived in my home. And, you know, I I, I need to know what happened because I came back there. You know, everything was in good shape. There's no problem. But I, I, was, there.
1: I was there for a party once without what? struts. No, I'm just yeah, saying. Well, like, yeah. I,
2: I want to know. Like, so I was back there. There was, like, one Bud Light, the biggest thing of mustard I've ever seen, and, like, three <laughs> eggs, and then, like, the, like one of my couches. Like, did you have big friends over? Because one of them was, like, it couldn't handle, like, I don't know if you got, like, I don't know what, like, just a, a massive bear on there. Like what what happened? I've moved I've since moved out of that house. I, I've gotten rid of the furniture, so yeah, you can tell me anything
1: now. That's, so now you can tell the truth. Yeah, story. like what
2: happened in that house? I need to know.
0: Hey, you know what? We never did any anything to crazy. I remember one night maybe to meet me and uh, Halsey and and the now departed Everly, go figure. Everyone's out of town. That were there <laughs> ripping up at your house a couple nights. <laughs> <laughs> I love that house. I didn't know you had moved. That was the perfect. That was the perfect place for me that year.
2: And then I found one book. It was like golf courses of Scotland. I'm like,
0: this. Oh this, my god! I was wondering where that book went. Well,
2: actually, <laughs> I, I just gave it away. I just, I, I literally, because <laughs> I moved and I was like, I can't keep this forever. I might not see him again. So I guess I owe you a book. But like, of all, that was. Was that the only book you read all year? Golf courses of Scotland.
0: I, yeah, and I don't even think there was words. There was a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do any cooking. I'll tell you that. That was. There was no cooking. It was breakfast at the rink, lunch at the rink, and then we go out to dinner every night. Usually, I was a big Cactus Club guy at the West Edmonton Mall. I missed that place.
1: I can understand why you miss it. Now, where's the go-to? <laughs> <now, laughs> where's the go-to place for you in Because Bo- you're, you're living in Boston, right?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I actually, um, I just moved. I got some, I got, I got married. I have a baby on the way. So, I'm Whoa, whoa, I know. whoa, whoa. I, know. What? I like, didn't know if you guys knew this or not. I, no, Joey, you got, first of all, <laughs> you got married. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe I fooled her? I really, fooled that's unbelievable. I got, I got married and I'm out of the city, but we're still, we're about 15 minutes out and so I, I do miss the, the dinners, but I don't miss dealing with the traffic. My my nightlife age was was done. I was done partying, so I'm like, all right, time to time to get hitched, start a family, and move out of the city. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm at now. Okay, okay. Well, that's
1: congratulations. When are you and your wife expecting?
0: You. November 30th. So uh, at the end of golf season. So that's very ideal. <laughs> I,
2: I don't even know what to tell. I am blown away. Congrat. That is amazing. Is she is she yeah. uh, 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 like a, a strength leg coordinator or an ankle doctor or she's something blind? Like? <laughs> no, <that's it. laughs>
0: yeah, no. She 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 said I can't believe you played pro hockey with this body. I said, well, it's gone downhill a little bit. Actually,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <honest>. she's probably <laughs> gone better. Now, now let's be now let's be honest. How many of your highlight tapes have you shown her?
0: I, I I swear to God, I have never shown her any because I don't really have one. I don't have anything. I I want to find out how you can watch your goals. Isn't there like a way to watch your goals in the NHL if you scored? Because I would maybe you know show her. Listen, I'm not lying. I I did play. I did play pro hockey. <laughs> I haven't skated since the day I retired. I my feet are so messed up. I can't even skate anymore. So it's like she she knows nothing about the the hockey part. She kind of considers me considers me like a like a golfer so i, I just i just gotta keep telling her that golf rounds take nine hours
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you can't even you literally can't even just go skate for fun
0: no i you know what i have and my foot's um there's just like no no way in the left one there's just nothing there so i wow. you, try to, you would have been dying laughing i went over to moto um in orange school v to play uh in this was i think two or three years ago now and i played two games in the second game i was turning and my my at this point my skate was just hitting the side of the ice and I was falling and right after the second game I told the coach uh, I retire he's like what <laughs> he's like, we just signed you you're one of the five imports I was like I'm sorry I can't skate did you see me out there so it was a um, it was a crazy ending but yeah it stinks I like, I haven't been out there since because I, I I just I can't do it.
1: So your te- so it's all just the tendon damage, and when you go to turn, because I remember you had like that that I don't know if dead foots the the drop foot is maybe that's the proper yeah, term. Yeah,
0: pretty much. That's pretty much what it is. There's just nothing. There's no really ligaments there to 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 kind of keep it tight as you keep the foot from really falling yeah. out. So. um I, miss, I I do want. I wanted to play men's league and try to just go toe drag people. So yeah. I, I really am kind of rattled. I haven't been out there.
1: Well, I was just gonna say. Plus, when your when your daughter gets six or seven, you're gonna like. I could just see you on the bench chirping six year olds. You'd be like
2: Will Ferrell.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then then they'll, they'll they'll give me a line back where like I get shut up by a six year old, and it's time to just <laughs> give up the chirping.
2: Buddy, I tell you what, you should see me in men's league. Actually, actually, I, I I videotape everyone, so maybe I'll send him over to so you can take, check it out. I don't pass the puck unless I beat one person. That's the way it is. <laughs> so he's barely passing, Wits, is basically what he's saying. Deep. Yeah, oh, I'm, I, I, I don't even know. I'm like, I'm the Scott Needham, I'm just all over the ice. I don't even, I, I just do everything, though, know, like because I got yelled at, make a play, make, all this stuff. Now, I, I'll make a play after I beat one guy, and then I lose, I don't even back check it. I'm pure Russian, pure Russian right now, oh, and I'm loving I, it. I
0: love it. That, that's pretty much what I would do. I would just... I would just hang and then maybe take a couple of slap shots after guys say it's a no-slap-shot league. <laughs> just a of off.
1: <laughs> now, Wits, have you so, checked out your
0: hockey DB page in a while? Um, pff, not, not recently to really know. I, I I actually should check it out because I'm sure at the end it just gets interesting with how many teams there were. But it's good to kind of go through it. It's funny, the other day I was talking to a buddy of mine and, and the kid Keith Yandel on the um on the Panthers, and he, we were saying it's funny to go through Hockey HockeyDB because you can, you, see, you kind of remind yourself of like guys you played with that you've forgotten about, you know, guys by rookie year that were on mm-hmm. the team in Pittsburgh. I was like, oh my God. Like, and then you go through the rabbit hole of other people's Hockey HockeyDBs and who they played with. So I actually love that site, but I haven't seen mine in, in quite a while. Well,
1: I'm asking because uh, if you go on it right now, uh, it, when it comes up on the front page, first of all, the thing I like best is the picture they have of you. Because you, you've got yep. like uh, your, your lip on the, uh, the left side of your face. It's just like a little scowl. Like you're wanting to chirp a guy right away. But it looks like you're wearing a St. Louis Blues jersey. That's what I understand. Because I know you played for the Penguins. Now, unless it's like the Penguins had that blue kind of ugly jersey for a while. Like I think maybe that's the photo, but no, you got to go on been, it.
0: Um, it must have been. I went to training camp two years in a row on a tryout with the Blues. Oh, okay. So I was one of those. Oh, okay.
1: Because that's why I, I was like, play, I, I never know.
0: played a game for them.
1: Okay, it makes no sense. I was like, did you get? Because I'm like, I'm looking down the. Li-, I'm like, I don't even remember in St. Louis. So that's right. You did go on the. Uh, on the PTO. Okay, well, that explains. That was really my hard-hitting question of the day. Yep. I was just curious what the <laughs> what the what the hell happened it's nice there. Nice
0: when you retire because those are the hard-hitting questions.
1: Yeah. Are like, why why
0: were you awful tonight? Now it's like why is that picture up there?
1: Well, don't, now looking back on your career, um, and, and you mentioned like, you were always a pretty forthcoming, guy. Um, one of the players that you played with in your rookie season uh, was Mark Recchi who uh, just got announced into the hockey hall of fame uh, what is your favorite mark Recchi
0: story favorite mark Recchi story god i was with them for so so i was only with them for freaking 40 games probably um i actually remember that like my first game i cuz i had gotten called up from the minors i started that year i played i think 9 games down there and down there in the locker room, you know, it was like I was one of the louder guys and uh you know, you'd say like, Oh, let's go army and all your buddies before the game and then I came up and didn't really realize I should probably stay a little quiet in the NHL and I started I was like, Ah the boy reckon Ball and everyone looked over there like, Who is this kid? I'm calling Mark Recky wrecking Ball <laughs> But he was the man, he was so nice, he would always uh help out the rookies, really friendly and I was so happy. I actually retweeted somebody today that, that mentioned they hoped they got in this this morning and I actually got shocked he wasn't even in there. He had over fifteen hundred points. It was only a matter of time. So happy for him.
2: He's the best. You know, I got to he played for the same junior team I did. And uh, we always had oh, these reunions. Yeah, countless, right? yeah, yeah. I mean we we were all pretty busy winning. There's Hall of Famers everywhere. I mean, whatever. I'm sure every organization's like that. <laughs> but we uh we go back <laughs> we go back there <laughs> and the first I was 18. The first time I meet him, I was doing the same thing. We had a few drinks and I, he went to the bathroom with me at the bar, me and Tyson Ash, and we're like oh, my God, it's a wrecking ball. And we're like, wrecking ball, wrecking ball. He's like, who are these two idiots? Then years later, I said, do you remember that? He's like, was that you? I thought you guys were so, like, you're such clowns. I'm like, well, fuck. Like, what do you want me to do? It was Mark Wreck. I have your rookie card, man.
0: I know how huh? you to not say call him wrecking ball. That's who he is.
2: Yeah, he was so good. So and he changed his game over his career. That's what I love about it. Came out blasting points, then towards the end he kinda of evolved and I mean that's that's smart. Like there's a guy that gets it and can can, can move as as the game changes, as his roles changes. That's why guys have these long careers.
1: Well, another guy you played yeah. with uh who made the Hall of Fame today, that Timu Solani character, he's not bad either.
0: Oh yeah, that guy like the biggest legend. I always say he like. He had, like, he has four beautiful kids. His wife was gorgeous. He had, like, $80 million in the bank, 30 cars, great golfer. I was like, this guy, I don't even, I'm like, how is this person so, like, perfect? You're like, people aren't supposed to be this perfect. And every day, you have a big smile on. I mean, I guess it doesn't help that he pretty much played his whole, whole career in Anaheim, living in Newport Beach or whatever. But he was a man. What a goal scorer. I still couldn't believe, I swear to God, I couldn't believe, the, like, his shot, like, wasn't, that hard and he just would like he just like basically picked this and like flicked it in there and he just could goalies couldn't stop me at these little quick stick fakes and head fakes and he, he was amazing to watch because I, I swear you, you, you wouldn't believe how how not, not fast and his shot actually was it was just placement and it was always perfect
1: now wits before we let you go we like to do a thing on the podcast it's called rapid fire any question, right. and you have to answer it. You got to be like, not like Struds, you know, I don't want you to come out of the uh, entries out of his own zone as fast as he was. Okay. So we want to be quick, rapid fire. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. And, I'll try. I'll try now, my best. Because of what we'd unearthed, uh, I've been jotting down a few different questions because we're going to go a little bit different. And you have to answer honestly to all these questions. Okay. Now that right. you're soon to be a new father for the first time. Two months in, uh, you're, you have a lovely baby girl. And I don't know if you know this as a single guy, but sometimes women, uh, they lactate a lot. And uh, if your wife forgets her breast pump at home and is in a lot of pain, will you be willing to extract the breast milk yourself?
0: Are you serious? I'd do anything for her. I'd do anything for Yeah,
1: her. my buddy had to do that. His wife, they had to pull over oh on the side of the God. road. True story. She forgot her <laughs> breast pump. And she was in pain. He had to lean over, and he had to basically, uh, you know, uh, oh. <laughs> suck on her, on her uh, boobs to get it out to relieve Are you the pressure. Kidding hey, me? Hey,
0: you know, and and, and we, uh, I'm a big like cocoa crispy guy. If we have no milk, you know, maybe it could actually come into into play and help me. out. Yeah, so you're talking big. I'm
2: guarantee if your wife said, "Hey, we got to do this," you'd be like, "I'll I'll do something." I can You'll you're do it. Of course m- you do it. Milk your wife? That's impossible. I'm not. a
0: I would do it. I would even video it and probably send it to you. Currently. Oh. To prove to you that I did it. Can't I? Can't <laughs> see it happening.
2: That is that is a true story. That's yeah,
0: I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping this doesn't happen. Uh, I'm not, if a, she ever uh, somehow heard this, I'd want her to hear me say I would do
1: it. True story, man. Oh true story. I wouldn't make that up. God. All right. Uh,
0: Ritz, that's your favorite incredible.
2: city? Your favorite bar to go out to when you're in the NHL? On the road.
0: My favorite bar? Um, I, I you know what? I can't think of an exact bar, but Chicago was by far oh. lane, my favorite city. I loved it. It was. I I always tell people it's it's literally the perfect mix between Boston and New York. It's a little bigger than Boston, a little smaller than New York, cleaner than both of them, and the people are friendly. So Chicago was I I really – I loved it. Every time uh, I was there, I had a great time.
1: The opposing player who you felt was the best chirper in your career?
0: Oh, wow. Opposing player, good chirper. Steve Ott was pretty good, man. Uh, I, I got to know him when I went to camp at St. Louis, I got along with him and I just remember like he had some classic lines a lot of times to a lot of different people. Uh, Colby Armstrong was hilarious. I played with and against him, <laughs> but I think of Steve Ott right away. He was so lippy.
1: Yeah, he's uh, his line where he's like, Hey, uh, why go after a peasant when you can get the king? So he used to try to get pronger uh, rattled all the time. He said it's quite, uh, <laughs> quite funny. Um, The one player you felt you could rattle the best when you played with chirping? Oh, who
0: could I rattle? I. I don't know. I wasn't a great shirper. I felt like maybe I could rattle some of the young guys I played with by the end of my career. I didn't chirp too much in in uh, in games against the opposing team because I didn't want to have to end up fighting anyone. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever I fight? Used to to, I used to try to give it to Halsey a little bit in practice, and he would get rattled. But then he'd give it right back to me. So I, I wasn't I wasn't the best chirper. I was more off ice stuff. So. Did
2: who did you ever get in a fight with?
0: Yeah, I had I had uh, probably five fights. I fought oh, Wade Redden, uh, I fought Jeff Carter. Um, I think actually I'm down as fighting Darian Hatcher, but I didn't. Like he came in, I was I was fighting Freddie Meyer on Philly, and like I just like went to the ground. But I think I somehow got like a fight against him. But I really did not did not go again go up against the big man half.
1: Your yeah. your favorite coach and why?
0: I loved Ralph Kruger. I, I thought he got the. The screw job by the Oilers, how, not only how they let him go, but how they just gave him basically a half season with a, with a team that wasn't very good. I thought he was an amazing coach and really an awesome guy. I, I knew him prior. Uh, his son had played with my brother at, at Cornell, so uh, I thought he was so smart. The fact that he's running an English Premier Soccer League team just shows that he's kind of a jack of all trades. But I really, really like playing for him.
2: Well, wait, buddy. Thanks for coming on, man. I got to tell you, I, I didn't know about your, your your marriage and your child. That's I, I'm, that's fantastic, buddy. I I I, I actually you, man, I think I I lo- I appreciate it. I'll have to check the board and see who had that actually happening <laughs> in in this century because my it wife
0: was she like plus plus eight hundred in Vegas. Something. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> my wife's not going to believe it. Shona's going to be like, what, what, what? Like, it's amazing. So, congrats, buddy. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, tell her I said
2: hi, and thanks for having me on, guys. It's, uh great uh, great stuff. We like the podcast.
1: We like to listen to it all the time. You got keep it up. You have some good laughs.
0: Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great one.
1: Ryan Whitney. I love Stratton. He's just shocked. I can't believe he's married.
2: I honestly can't believe it. <laughs> like, you should have seen this guy talk to women. It was it was ridiculously painful. It was... look like
1: he couldn't wheel a tire down a hill?
2: No. No, he, he was amazing. Well, good for him. I mean, everyone, every, what is that saying? Every, every, every screw has a hole. Is no, that,
1: I don't think that's a saying, but sure. Go with that, it. That's, I, I guess that's, that's fitting when you're talking <laughs> about marriage. But uh, Where do you, like, do you just make uh, up these? I think a, my grandpa says. Like, our, you are a total dad now because no, you just make up sayings. I'm not even sure no. they're,
2: they're real or make sense. Every peg has a hook. I'll have to think about it. My grandpa used to throw these things around. Oh, yeah. I'm just like my grandpa. Sick hair.
1: Uh, We'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk Hockey Hall of Fame and uh, some order stuff and uh, story time next on the Real Life Podcast. Gregor and Strudwick, Noah Wanye. uh, Big big meeting with uh, the Wanmeister. He couldn't make the podcast today. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. It's Finning Canada.
2: It's late. And you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day and tomorrow bright and early. You start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly. But there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today. Parks.cat.com.
1: We're back to the Real Life Podcast. Brought to you by our good friends at Finning Canada. The parts you need when you want them, the right parts for your equipment. Finning Canada. It's Gregor and Strudwick, Sons, Wanye Gretz. We miss him. Speaking of a guy who couldn't wheel a tire down a hill.
2: <sighs> uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, if, if Whitney can get married yeah. and find a woman, yeah, Wanye should have been here. He
1: could have, maybe you could have set him up. They could have given each other notes.
2: It's inspirational. Yeah. They very, very inspirational to him.
1: Quickly, your thoughts. On uh, free agency, right around the corner, the Orders currently have five NHL defensemen signed.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Jordan Osley, Eric Greiber, free agents. Although, uh, I I know the Orders in Greiber's camp have had some conversations. They do have Mark Fain, so I guess he's under contract. That technically would be six. But right now, it's five. A, do you think Fain starts the season on the uh, 23-man roster? And B, does that mean they only sign one D-man between now and the start of the season? Or does Peter Shirelli sign two?
2: Very good questions. Um, it's, uh, for the record, I'm happy they brought back Russell. I, I love that all it cost was dollars. There was no, no cost as far as a draft pick or multiple draft picks like Hamannick. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and the cap hit is gross for Hamannick, how cheap it is. But the thing is, you said, at the end of the day, you, you have to manage and have those draft picks around. I know not every draft pick turns into an NHL player, but... The owners, I really feel, don't have the depth yet in their organization to make that type of move. Move. So I'm glad they got Russell. So to start the season, uh, as a group, the orders are looking at uh, the two Swedes. They're looking at Russell with, I'm guessing, maybe Benning, I guess, on the right side or Nurse. And then you got, uh, let's say, the other Nurse. And uh, if it's Gryba, and if you sign Greiba, is Fane up there? I, I don't feel that the, the coaching staff has a lot of faith in, in Fane. And, you know, I think Fane is a good defensive, but what is, what does he do really well or not even, what is, what is he? He's, he's not offensive. He's, he's, he was a good defender. And that one playoff run they had with New Jersey was very effective, but the game continues to get faster. And for players that get older, um, you know, you are maybe not getting slower, but the game continues to get quicker. So that, that, that gap between your speed and the speed of the league continues to widen. So it is it is pretty significant, um, I think problem for for Fane. So do the orders bring in more? I, I think that you're looking at a situation where I would like for them to look at Dan Girardi. I have no problem with Griba. They want to bring back Griba and I you know I'm guessing Griba for him. you know, I, I was in the same position as him. You want two years. You're you're gonna look around and to anyone. Will anyone here give me two years? If they give you two years, you might take take that contract over coming back to the orders because that's guaranteed money. And when you're, when you are you know, the age of Gribe is, it's not that easy, it's to get it, to get those deals. So you're like, okay, I'll take two years, make it happen, guarantee that cash. Um, so to answer your question, oh man, see now Griffin Reinhardt's gone. Is Dylan Simpson, can you bring Dylan Simpson up as a lefty and, and and then, you know, hope you have Griba. But if you have, you're an injury away from real problem, you know, if one of the Swedes gets hurt or Russell or Benning or Nurse, now you're a real problem. I'll be interested in what they end up doing. I, I probably, God, yeah. I'll stick. I'll stay the course for now. See what pops up. Maybe through trade. What do you think?
1: Well, they got to sign somebody. I don't think you can. Sign, I, I don't think you can go into uh, to the season with the five defensemen and then have Gribben and Fame. I don't. I, I don't. I, they would have to add. Uh, to me, I, I think they would like to add another uh, puck moving defender. Now, the problem with free agency is the uh, the pool isn't overly deep. The ideal signing for them is a veteran on a one year deal. Okay. Right. And poss- and I should say two veterans on a one-year deal. I think you have to have eight NHL defensemen in case of injury. And if Fane's your number eight, then uh, you live with it uh, when you have two injuries and you play Fane until Secker gets back. And, and, right. and I think you could be fine by doing that. But I still believe they have to sign two NHL uh, defensemen uh, veterans between now and training camp. It's a must-have. I, I think you've got to go into the season with seven and I think they need another one who's, who's more, you know, you look at Larson, you, know, you look at Russell, and neither one of those guys are going to bring a ton of offense right now. Yeah. So neither is Mark Fain. And it, if Gribe is one of the two, well, then neither is him. So uh, to me, I think they have to find another guy who's got some uh, ability offensively.
2: So would you've gone, would, would, would you go for Michael Delzato? One year deal. Michael Delzato, left shot, brings offense.
1: Yeah, I, well, I perfect scenario it's a left shot because if you're bringing yeah. in Del, uh, a right shot i mean because if you bring in delzada you've already got cleft bomb you've already got russell and you've already got nurses left shots right
2: but right. on the other side you got Ben and larson, larson. and you, well and you got um uh, a and you've got Griba.
1: yeah if you bring those two guys right but then right. To, to me that look at your right side you got nobody who's a right shot who's got any offensive uh capabilities really okay. so to me i think uh Delzato would would be like a a September-October signing like right. they had with Russell last year. If you, if you can't find anything else, okay, great, or you wait. And and Russell turned out perfect for the orders last year on a one-year deal. But I think they they would like to find a right shot D who can bring some offense and move the puck. I think that would be the idea. It doesn't mean they'll get it, but I think right now that would be the ideal defenseman to sign. Now, betting obviously is the one right shot who right. has offense. I forgot him. So, yep. um, you know, you, you got him, and, and then you've got some offense, no doubt. But I, I would like another one because I don't want to heap too much pressure on on a second-year defender.
2: Oh, 100%. You want to have some insulation. I think that's that's a very good point. Um, I guess when you're looking at the Oilers in a whole, the draft as a whole, did you like their draft? They bring up, uh, you know, smaller, well, the smallest first-round pick ever. Yamamoto, you, you, uh, you bring in Stuart Skinner in the third, a local product from here from Edmonton. Uh, Eli Wilson, a guy I know pretty well is his coach, um, or goalie, one of his, well, I guess it was his main goalie coach, but, you know, a big goalie. You know, it's 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 one of those areas. Now if they would have made the move for Hammonick, uh, you know, next year they don't have that depth to make those draft picks. So it's kind of an interesting moment. I Yamamoto, you know, I I asked a couple of people. I, I honestly haven't seen him play. They say he has he, has, he has, um, good skill, but he is he's he's a bit of a shit disturber, which is which is fine. Um, but you know, can he play in a very big man's league? And I guess we'll find out. But I will say, Peter Shirelli likes him at this level. I think I am more than willing to give an opportunity to show us what you got because I think Shirelli's on the other side. He's even bigger players than I like. So we'll see what it goes. But uh, I'll be interested to see him at training camp, see how he fits in against NHL. I'm talking Larson. I'm talking Nurse. They can big skate and get around the ice. Can he play against them?
1: And uh, before we leave, with the Hall of Fame, Claire Drake, Teemu Solani, Dave Andrichuk, Mark Recchi, Paul Correa, Daniel Goyette, and uh, Jerry Jacobs. Do you have a Hall of Fame story that includes one of those seven?
2: Well, I'll tell a story Andrew Coglano told me, former Emerson Oilers, and uh, he said that uh, they were playing in uh, Vancouver, and uh, Timo Solani was uh, on their team. And uh, it was like, I don't remember the exact dates, but basically they were playing on a Wednesday night in Vancouver, and Tuesday night uh, their coach, Bruce Brujo got a chance to meet um, Wayne Gretzky. And he, I guess he's a big fan of Wayne Gretzky and uh, got a chance to talk to him. I think they even went for dinner. So the next day they heard about it, and all the guys wanted to spend an extra night in Vancouver. They didn't want to leave Vancouver Wednesday night. So uh, during the day, uh, T. Solani got a hold of a number and called Bruce, pretending to be Wayne Gretzky, and asking him if he wanted to go for dinner again. And for that reason, they moved the Charter to the next day. So all the guys can stay in Vancouver and go out with their family friends or go to the Roxy, which is a great bar there. So, uh, Timu Solani, you know, you hear about him, how great of a guy he is. He's a great player. He was an incredible player, hall of famer. But as a guy, I hear he's even better, which is mind blowing, mind blowing. That's a pretty good story. Fantastic. I love it. I love that guy.
1: Hard not to like Solani. He, he seems to be one of those players that fans across the NHL respected and liked. appreciated his ability Uh, You know, because sometimes there'll be certain players on, on teams that you go, yeah, he's a good player, but I don't like, like Sidney Crosby, there's a lot of people that don't necessarily like Sidney Crosby right Right, now. I think when his career is over, that'll change. But uh, throughout his career, I don't recall there ever being a whole bunch of hate towards us. Now, maybe because he's not in the the level of Sidney Crosby. Close. He's really dynamic. But it's just funny how certain players find ways to really irk and irritate an opposing fan base. And Solani never really seemed to do that.
2: Yeah. No, he, he was very likable. But he's a likable player. I don't remember him ever, ever getting upset one way or another. I do remember playing against him in Colorado when he was there for that one season, I believe. And he was not happy at all with life in general.
1: And uh, we record this uh, every Monday night. Yeah. So before we let go, we were talking about defensemen uh, trade coming in. Mark mm-hmm. Mathot traded from Las Vegas to the uh, Dallas Stars for a second-round pick in 2020. And uh, goaltender Dylan Ferguson, who they just drafted recently, uh, what do you think of it? Like, seems like a great trade for Dallas, a great, great trade for Dallas, and the, the, you know, Las Vegas. Did they? Uh, did they maybe uh, overexceed? Because if you're getting a second uh, for Mathot, and not a second until many years, that second's probably not helping you until 2024, 2023. Are you surprised that that's all they got for Mark Mathot?
2: Blown away, blown away. And you look at it. You know, they got. Uh, they still have Garrison, Spiza, Stoner, Emelin. So, yeah. some of those
1: guys, like, what, what how much is Garrison going to get? Well,
2: you? but that's what I'm saying. If it's only a second, and, and Dylan Ferguson is a goalie, he's a seventh round pick. So, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a second rounder and a seventh, a second rounder in 2020, and a seventh rounder this past year for Mark Mathot. I, I honestly thought the price would be a lot more expensive. And uh, so now they, they got less from Mathot, and now they've got to try to unload all these other demons. I think you're looking at, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks for these guys in, in three, four years from now. So maybe we overestimated the trade market for some of these D-men. Mathot was the best of the group. And honestly, at that number, I would more be inclined to keep him and make him my captain than I wouldn't be to trade him away. I think that's a mistake. I would have kept that contract, would have kept that player, had him been my captain, him, Flurry, you have some stability there as a the good veterans. I think that's some snake to trade away for a second in f- three years and a seventh rounder this past year.
1: Well, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do. I wonder, maybe the Edmonton owners, maybe that's uh, who you look to, to acquire a guy for one year.
2: Well, you don't want Garrison. Oh, God, slow. no. Spisa, I don't know about no. that either. Um, Emelin, no, no, I'm not really interested in that either. So you're running out of options there, my man.
1: Well, I, I think the one guy you'd love to get, but and Vegas probably won't trade him, Is a Braid McNabb is somebody to me who would have uh, some interest. Sure, like think about it. Garrison, Emmelin, bees at stoner. You don't want uh, McNabb. They're all UFA's. They only got one year left. Like they got, you know, they just uh, lost Mark Mathot. Like they got Shea Weber and Nate Schmidt and Colin Miller and and John Merrill uh, are likely the guys they build their their team around for the next uh, three or four years anyway, uh, defensively, and go from there. But yeah, like Colin Miller is probably the one guy. If you could get, oh, yeah. in a trade, I, I think that's the guy you would like to get out of out of them. But yeah. if, if you're Vegas, I think that's a defense when you want to sign and hopefully keep for three or four
2: years. Yeah, that'd be a good move to get him.
1: Struddy, that's it. We'll talk to you next Monday.
2: See you. Hopefully, Wanya can make it and not have a meeting. Who has a meeting at nine o'clock at night?
1: I'm not sure he had a meeting.
2: I oh, think he was just tired. Big deal.
1: He's still getting over his uh, his buddy. I uh, really getting traded. I get yeah, it. Yeah. You know, he's a big fan. He collected yeah, his hair for seven well, years.
2: We'll give him his chance next time.
1: Yeah, he'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real-life podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place and over 1.4 million parts at your fingertips. That's Finning Canada. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next